William Patterson is joining us. He's the number one wealth coach, according to Google.com and AOL.com. Why is it that there are certain segments of the population that are so adamant against alternative sources of fuel? A lot of people are just making so much money doing things the old way. Mm. But ultimately, it's going to end up costing them more, and it's going to end up costing the American economy more. People now are starting to realize just how global this economy is and Mm -hmm. how interlinked the various financial markets are. And as more countries around the world are developing more power in terms of trade and influence, it's coming back to haunt the U.S. So William R. Patterson joins us on The Drive Home. It's your trusted source for wealth and business education. Our guest this week, William R. Patterson, award-winning lecturer and national best-selling author. He is a business and finance guru. William Patterson, Chicagoan extraordinaire. going to go to William Patterson, and we couldn't have you on on a better day. Losing a home to foreclosure is now almost as common for families as buying a home. But you say... This is the best time in 50 years to buy a home or an apartment or an office building. One of the things that I really appreciate that you're doing is you go out into the community and undress the predatory lending industry. Talking about money, economics, finances, with one of the best minds in the business, William Patterson. He is a renowned wealth coach and national best-selling co-author of The Baron's Son. Breakthrough book has been featured in the Forbes Book Club and Black Enterprise Magazine. His website, BaronSeries.com, is winner of the 2008 Web Awards for Best Speaker, Best Male Author, and Best Wealth Building Site. He is ranked as the number one business motivational speaker. The one and only William Patterson, talking about the current landscape. Kind of got into it a little bit Friday, the day after the stock market took a serious nosedive, but still opportunity there. The man himself, William Patterson of the War Coffer Group, he joins us today for Money Monday. How you doing today, William? I'm doing terrific, Todd. How about yourself? Hey, man, I'm great. A lot of things going on. We were talking the other day about the stock market taking a nosedive, but uh, you say there's still opportunities to be taken advantage of. Definitely. The U.S. markets right now are edging toward bear territory. They've lost nearly 20% bear, of their value. Bear territory, what are you talking about? When a stock market declines 20%, it's considered a bear market, but there still are some opportunities for investors to make money, particularly as they're looking at these recession-proof industries, which might be pharmaceuticals, education, utilities, and defense. You also see playing the downside of vulnerable industries such as retail, restaurants, entertainment, finance, technology, airlines, auto and shipping and transportation, those are also opportunities for investors as well as for sophisticated and accredited investors looking at gold, oil, corn, and other commodities. Mm-hmm. And people right now are getting ready for vacation. What would be some of your tips for folks who are going on vacation but still trying to maintain some solvency? There are a couple of quick tips that I would give people. Number one is to book early. Obviously, as time goes on, these airlines are going to continue to raise prices. We're seeing companies like United Airlines and Continental, they are cutting thousands of jobs because of soaring fuel prices. So you really want to try to book your trips as early as possible. We also have some great gas calculators on BarronSeries.com. So if you're planning a road trip and you want to see exactly how much that's going to cost you, you can put in your destination and also your starting point and it'll give you a rough estimate of 
how much it's going to cost you in gas to get to your destination. So it'll, it'll give you a little more flexibility in terms of your planning there. The other thing you want to look at are the local attractions. So many people live in a city all their lives, and they've never seen some of the local landmarks. And it's, it's pretty amazing. I'm originally from Chicago. I had a chance to do the architectural boat tour, and some of the things that I saw were, were just absolutely amazing. And having lived in the city for a number of years, it was a new experience for me. So I, I tell people, look at the local attractions. That can also be a great way to save some money. Also, if you're thinking about vacations, look at all-inclusive packages. These can also be a way for you to control costs. And, of course, group trips. Instead of just your immediate family, look at doing an ex a trip for the extended family where you can lower costs by getting a group rate, or you can organize some friends to take that trip for you as well. And, of course, there also are some small business opportunities for people to get into a travel business, and they can turn it into an income opportunity, this type of vacation as well. So you can still make some money on vacation. Maximum money on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you mentioned Chicago. I have a friend who's, who lives there, and he talks about the pace of Chicago. You know, a lot of people take advantage of that. It is amazing when you go back to my hometown. I was there one time. Uh, my wife was on business. They're actually there. And uh, we're sitting there in a hotel, man, overlooking the Gulf of Mexico, sun, sun going down. I'm like, man, this is beautiful. <laughs> but I never really fathomed that coming up. I was always ready to leave. Yeah, you're right. Sometimes some of the treasures are right in your own backyard. Let's talk about, you mentioned traveling and whatnot. What about timeshares? What are your thoughts on that? Well, timeshares can, can make some sense. It depends on the location. And, of course, it's one piece of a much larger portfolio. If you're talking about it, are you talking about investing or just investing in a timeshare? Well, 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 yeah, that and, yeah, investing in one, yeah. Well, again, I think it depends on the location. You obviously want to take into account some of the other factors, such as weather and the potential damage to the property, and also the fact that you may not be able to sell that timeshare when you want to. Timeshares aren't the most liquid investment in the world. But if you find a place that you really love and you go down there routinely, like I have a sister who's always going down to Jamaica, it can certainly make sense to look at doing a timeshare because over time it can become cheaper. Yeah, and and what about there's some now that allow you to kind of move around and not necessarily just be stuck in a fixed uh, particular location, but you can actually go to different places. What what are your what are your thoughts on those kind? Those can make sense too. Again, I do think you want to look at the particular locations because that's going to have a great deal of impact on your ability to resell that. So I think you have to look at the reason you're getting into that timeshare to begin with, whether that's going to be because you really love the destination or if you're looking to provide this as an income opportunity by renting out that location to other people or your ability to resell this. So if you're holding on to it for the investment stake, then all of these point to different considerations. So I would say for a lot of people it can make sense, particularly if you are always vacationing to certain spots or if you're looking for more flexibility, as you mentioned, doing that type of program where you can have the opportunity to participate in several different locations, that can make a lot of sense, even above the one location. You have a question about uh, finances or anything that we've talked about thus far. This is the man to talk to. William Patterson is the man, one 432 1-888-432-1580. 1-888-432-1580 is the number to call. Yesterday's business section of the Washington Post on the front page of that section, William, they were talking about shoppers 
still having compulsive habits, no matter whether or not there's a downturn economically or not. Folks are still spending that money. What are your thoughts and also your suggestions for people like that? My bottom line here is that people really need to start to think less like consumers and more like business owners and investors in order to survive and profit in this environment. We certainly have not seen the worst of of what's coming, in my opinion. We are looking at food prices continuing to spike. The gas prices are continuing to spike. The job market is struggling as well. When we're looking at a lot of these food prices, we're seeing a number of countries such as Japan, India, Vietnam, China, they're banning exports on things like rice. We've seen 15 countries who've capped or halted exports on wheat. Also, more than a dozen who have limited corn exports. So you're going to start to see a lot of products in the store which have these corn derivatives or wheat derivatives start to dramatically increase in price. So you definitely want to be forward-thinking here and to really begin to put more money away and to look at ways in which you can create multiple streams of income or diversify your income in this environment. Yeah, I'm just looking at uh, New York Times today. Hoarding nations drive food costs even higher. And they talk about some of those nations you were talking about uh, with rice in respect to that. India, Vietnam, China, and 11 other countries have other countries have limited or banned exports. 15 countries, including Pakistan and Bolivia, have capped or halted wheat exports. More than a dozen have limited corn exports. Kazakhstan has restricted exports of sunflower seeds. So what you're saying there uh, is right on the front pages of a lot of today's papers. We do have a phone call that's come in. Uh, to one eight 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 four three two fifteen eighty. Someone has a question for William Patterson. Good morning, caller. Your name, where you calling from today? Sarah, calling from Washington D.C. How you doing, Sarah? Good morning to you. Good morning. Uh, I had a question about finances. I plan on retiring within a year, and uh, last year I sold my house and I put the um, profits into a tax shelter annuity. And um, a sizable amount has been taken out as a result of the recession, I guess. I don't know. But what do I do to bring it back up to the amount that I uh, put in? Because I'm going to be retiring soon, and I want to get some of that out soon. Is it locked in the annuity investment, or can you choose how you invest that money? I can choose how I invest it. Okay. Do you have a certain limited basket of either stocks or mutual funds that you can pick from? or do Yes, you- I do. Okay. Well, I think one of the things you really want to look at is your time horizon, how long you're going to need to survive on that money. We do have some great resources and calculators on our website, mm-hmm. which is barronseries.com, which will help you plan exactly how long you're going to need that money and also if you're going to need to draw income from that money. Now, do you, do you think you'll need income? From that money, yes, or do you? I'm 62 now, and okay. I'm planning on retiring next year. And I mean, it, it was a sizable amount that was. Um, I don't know what I'd taken out. I don't. Know, what do you? What's the term that you would use? Uh, or lost? Okay. Okay. Um, so you didn't. You didn't actually withdraw the money. It was no, more. No, I didn't. Okay. I lost it. I think it's a result of the recession. I'm not sure, but it was a sizable amount. Okay. One one of the things I would also suggest that you do is to look at the specific investments that you have because some of those investments might be overly exposed to things such as the housing market. It might be overly exposed to some of those vulnerable industries that we talked about, whether it's restaurants, entertainment. So you really want to create a more balanced portfolio. And as you start to transition out of some of the more aggressive things such as stocks, you may want to look more at a, at a bond or mixed portfolio so that you will have some income that's producing that portfolio as opposed to all of this risk from stocks. 
Okay, if I lost about $10,000, how mm-hmm. long do you think it would take to regain that if I invest in one of the portfolios you're talking about? It's going to be relative, and I'd prefer to talk to you offline about your specific situation. And if you want to do that, you can also call me at toll-free 888-90-BARON. That's B-A-R-O-N. B-A-R-O-N. 888-B-A-R-O-N. Yes. Now, just to give you a little more perspective, what I'd really have to do is to look at the specific investment options that are available to you. Okay. Because some may have a higher historical return or a lower historical return. Okay. All right, I have the number. Thank you so much. Sure, my pleasure. Okay. All right, thank you very much. And we're going to move on to another caller at one eight 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 four three two fifteen eighty. You want to ask uh, William Patterson a question? He is here with us. He's uh, ranked as the number one business motivational speaker by Ranking dot com. Also, a two time award winning lecturer and national best selling author. His trademark approach is the Baron Solution. He is trained, coached, and motivated business leaders, sales professionals, entrepreneurs, investors. And uh, you. So call in right now to speak to him at one eight 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 four three two fifteen eighty. Good morning, calling. Good morning. How you doing, Mr. Patterson? I'm doing terrific. So I have a quick question. Given we're in the age of globalization, uh, how safe is it for the the average person to invest in the market? That's the first question. Uh, second question is everybody know who who's been keeping up a little bit with the news that the dollar has fallen in value dramatically. So what role does that play in terms of investing in the stock market? Those are great questions. Are you talking about investing abroad? How safe is it to invest abroad or in the U.S.? Actually, in the U.S., of course, there are several lines of arguments as to why jobs have left the country and so on and so forth. Some people say it's trade agreements. Some people say it's technology. Whatever the case is, we're clear that jobs have waned dramatically. And so given that fact, and given the fact that American currency, when you juxtapose the two currencies around the world, has fallen dramatically, what impact does that have on the investor? Is it safe to invest in the United States? Uh, and I okay. Just, just curious, I don't know if that's... No, those are, those, are, those are some great questions. So I'm going to try to give you as, as comprehensive a picture as I can. Okay. There are always great opportunities to invest, particularly in the U.S. And if you're looking at those recession-proof industries, again, things like medical services, pharmaceuticals, education, utilities, and defense, mm-hmm. those are going to do well in this type of environment, okay. regardless of what's going on with inflation and some of those other. Now, again, I think you have to look at the individual companies on a case-by-case basis, but in general, People are not going to stop getting sick. They're not going to stop going to school. And, you know, their costs are going to keep paying for utilities and defense because we're in the middle of of conflict abroad. Mm -hmm. Those are industries that are going to continue to do well. Okay. Okay. Now, when it comes to inflation and also the dollar declining, this is really a lose-lose situation for the Fed and also a lot of consumers because right now the Fed is hesitant to raise interest rates because they don't want to hasten an economic downturn. Okay. So they're trying to balance should we raise rates or should we leave rates lower, potentially even lower rates. Mm-hmm. But as the Fed hesitates to raise interest rates, what happens, and, and also as other central banks around the world decide to raise interest rates, it weakens the dollar further. And every time you see a, a 1% drop in the value of the dollar, it causes the price of oil to jump by $4. So there are some ways in which you can play these other commodities based on the decline of the dollar. Okay. The other thing to keep in mind is that there are a number of geopolitical issues that are going on around the world, particularly surrounding Iran. 
and they're really the fourth largest exporter okay. of oil. As these conflicts continue, it's going to cause these tight oil supplies and also the growing global demand. You're starting to see countries like China and India require more oil. That's right. So as you start to see this rising demand all around the world, it continues to cause these gas prices to spike in addition to the inflation in the U.S. because the Fed won't raise rates. Mm-hmm. So, In addition to the, the supplies won't increase supply because if you increase supply, that also has an impact on price. Definitely. If the, if the supply stays the same and the demand increases, then the price will increase with the demand. Definitely. But many of these companies are having difficulty even increasing supply. They save at max capacity now. Mm-hmm. So these are the things that you really want to look at is how the declining dollar affects many of these other commodities. And, again, we can also talk offline if you want to look at some specific opportunities. Yeah, because uh, back back earlier, uh, prior to 2001, I, I took my money out of the market. Actually, I was mm-hmm. in Solomon Smith Burning, and uh, I was invested in a couple of uh, 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 companies. I invested in Lowe's Home Improvement. At the time, it was a good time, good thing to do. Right. Uh, because, you know, uh, uh, the housing industry at that time was okay people were refinancing homes. So I made okay, but after uh, September 11, I really became nervous. And now I'm really nervous in terms of investing in, in, in the market because I just don't know. And I'm not real clear about the impact of globalization. I mean, I hear people talk about globalization. I have some idea of what it is, but I don't know how that would affect me personally right. investing, investing uh, in the market. But you, you've explained it. It makes sense. Uh, recession-proof, as you call it. Definitely. No matter which market you're talking about, if you're talking about real estate, mm-hmm. this is really the greatest time in 50 years to buy real estate. You have opportunities, unprecedented opportunities, to buy foreclosures, tax liens, and even apartment buildings. Mm-hmm. In the stock market, you do have those recession-proof industries, and you also have those industries that are vulnerable to recession. So you can pick the stocks that are going to go down. For a lot of people, it's easier to pick stocks that are going to fail than it is to pick the ones that are going to succeed. So that's also an opportunity for you. And even if you want to start a small business, for a lot of people, I say this is actually a great time to start a small business, one, because of the tax deductions, mm-hmm. two, because of the increased income opportunity, and number three, if you start a business in a difficult environment, it forces you to do things right. They always say everyone's a genius in a bull market. It's kind of the same thing in the business right. environment. When you start in a recession, you're forced to use the proper systems. You're forced to use the proper strategies to grow that business. So I always say this is also a great time for starting affiliate programs, joint ventures, or to do acquisitions or mergers for small business owners, this is a great opportunity for that as well because you're going to see a lot of other vulnerable businesses here. One more quick thing, and I know other people want to call. Do you subscribe to the philosophy that, given that we're in the bear market, that this is the best time to buy stocks as well because they're, you know, some of the stocks are at a lower price than they ordinarily would be in? I think you have to look at it on a case-by-case basis. While the market as a whole may be in a bear state, you also do have bullish industries or industries that are doing well. So I think you need to look at the individual stocks, and I think you also need to look at the individual industries because a stock's price, 60% of it is driven by its industry group. Okay, okay. All right, man, this, this has been very helpful, man. Thank you. My pleasure. All right, uh, All right thank you, man. And some of those, you say, recession-proof uh, investments, would it would it also follow them because they are recession proof that uh, those those would be investments that are going to be 
you're going to you're going to have to dig a little deeper in your pockets to get into, right? That's a great point. It is important to look at the valuations or how overbought those particular stocks are in those industry groups or even the index funds if you're trying to participate from a more diversified standpoint. You can certainly pay too much for a good companies. So you mm-hmm. do have to look at things like what's known as the price-to-earnings ratio mm-hmm. to determine if it's overbought compared to the other stocks in that industry group or compared to the historical uh, market valuation. All right, talking to William Patterson right here on the New Heaven 1581, 888-432-1581, 888-432-1580. Want to get your questions in? This is the time to do it. Going to take a break. Going to come right back. Uh, William, can you stick with us for a little bit? Absolutely. All right, uh, well, we'll come right back and talk with William Patterson. William Patterson is joining us. He's the number one wealth coach, he, according to Google.com and AOL.com, Ranking.com. Uh, ranked him as the number one business motivational speaker. 2008 was the best wealth, wealth building website for his BarronSeries.com website at the Black Web Awards, also awarded by the Black Web Awards as the uh, best male author, a best speaker and lecturer, both uh, 2008 and 2007. And he won one in 2007 and eight for the World Web Award of Excellence. So he has uh, racked up a number of awards, and he is here with us today, co-author of his national bestseller, The Baron Son. Talk about The Baron Son real quick and what that's all about, William. It's for people who are in this environment right now. It's about how do you change the condition of your life when you have absolutely nothing. The main character is in the position of many readers who wants to understand how he can begin to build wealth when he has limited resources. How do you build the teams? How do you find the investment opportunities? That's what the book is all about. And it was really written out of the crash, the stock market crash of the late 90s, early 2000, when many people had lost their life savings and they were looking for a way to rebuild after the tech bubble had burst. And everyone ran into the real estate market and created a real estate bubble. Mm -hmm. So now we're starting to see this oil bubble created. I was going to ask you, because in the 80s we had the computer revolution and then he had the dot-com and as you mentioned uh, now we're, we're moving into the oil uh, or the energy industry and that was going to be my next question actually because when all we're starting to see food take on the same tack as oil a lot of countries that are oil producers had some restrictions on their exports because of uh, this fear that people are just sucking too much energy and now you start to see the same thing with food you know because a lot of these countries as we mentioned before are restricting exports because they're afraid that their own people won't be able to eat of course that's going to drive up the prices and so people are looking towards alternatives more people are starting to do their own gardens etc why is it that there's certain segments of the population that are so adamant against alternative sources of fuel a lot of people are just making so much money doing things the old way. Mm. But ultimately, it's going to end up costing them more, and it's going to end up costing the American economy more. And people now are starting to realize just how global this economy is and mm-hmm. how interlinked the various financial markets are. And as more countries around the world are developing more power in terms of trade and influence, it's coming back to haunt the U.S. Yeah, and when we look at... Um People, of course, pointing towards offshore drilling, and folks are saying, well, that could lead to other dangers, i.e. the Exxon Valdez, which just reached a deal last week, I believe, yeah. And they basically they basically got over, you know, because, I mean, the, the money that they were supposed to pay for the fine with the Exxon Valdez situation was still that money from back in whenever that took place, I guess, you know, but now they've grown so exponentially that it's really like a drop in the bucket for them. So that's really not a big 
a big deal for them. So is that a, an indicator for other companies? Well, hey, if we even if we drill offshore and something happens, you know, we can t- tie it up in court like Exxon did, and uh, by the time we have to pay, it's a drop in the bucket. Unfortunately, I think a lot of companies view it as collateral damage and the cost of doing business, mm. and they just bill that in. But there's really a greater risk at stake, and a lot of them are not thinking about the longer-term impact that this is going to have on future generations. Mm-hmm. Except for the one where their future generations will be well well off and established and won't have to worry about it. They can live. I guess maybe that's why they're looking at Mars. Yeah. Well, if we're all running around in bunny suits, Todd, I don't, I don't think their children are going to be too happy either. Yeah, that's why I say maybe that's why they're looking at Mars, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, might, that might be the new penthouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do have a phone call that's come in at one triple eight four three two fifteen eighty. Good morning, caller. Your name? Where you calling from? Good morning, Todd. This is Vernon calling. How hey, are you, Vernon. Morning. I'm good, man. How about yourself? Always good to hear your voice. Absolutely, and I tell you, this is your guest is uh, very intriguing. Um, I'd like to ask your guest about his opinion on carbon futures and carbon funds. What uh, is his take on those? Well, carbon is a great alternative fuel to oil, and hopefully the next administration that comes in will adopt more of a pro-carbon policy. And I definitely think the long-term prospects for carbon are there. Short-term, there's quite a bit of resistance just from the oil industry of moving into the carbon space, but I definitely think the long-term for carbon is, is huge. Now, Al Gore and his group uh, have, have put together investment teams that have put raised billions of dollars for these, I guess, would they be considered hedge funds? Uh, you have hedge funds, and you also have a number of even pension funds that are looking at carbon right now. That is correct. So, so how would one invest uh, safely in a market like that? There are a couple of ways in which you can do it. There probably are some privately held ventures that if you're a sophisticated or accredited investor, you may be able to get into those deals before they hit the general public. These are what are known as private equity deals. So you can get into those before those companies go public, and that's really where you're going to make the most amount of money. And then... I think you have to look on a case-by-case basis at some of the major oil companies who are also investing in carbon. And we can talk a little bit more about some of those offline as well. But I think you want to look at some of those major oil companies who also have exposure to the carbon market. That can also be a way to play it. It's exciting. Bank of America and quite a few of the banks have invested uh, billions of dollars into the funds, and they plan to, they say that they're going to invest into business, and this is the way that uh, the green industry is going to invest into the futures. And But it is still kind of blind as to their approach, or either is it that you have to be on the inside? A lot of it is political at this point. They know the impact of carbon, and they know how beneficial it can be because, really, there's enough carbon in the U.S. to to fund all of the energy that we need in the U.S. So at this point, it's largely political. It's going to be overcoming a lot of those political hurdles in order to really make this take off. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Great guest, Todd, as always. Yeah, he, he's, he's the man. That's William Patterson, man. Absolutely. I'd like to invite William to come out to uh, speak to our group. We have, a, we have a Southern County Economic Development Association here in Prince George's County, and I would definitely like, definitely like for him to do a presentation to our group, so I'll, I will be in contact with him. Did you get his information, his contact information? No, I didn't. If you put it out there, I'd appreciate it. All right. Sure. You can call toll-free 888-90-BARON. That's B-A-R-O-N. You can also go online at Baron, 
Series.com. That's B-A-R-O-N-S-E-R-I-E-S.com, BaronSeries.com. All right. Hopefully Todd will put that on, the, on, on his website as well. All right. Well, you know what? Uh, I don't know if uh, Elaine can hear me, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll make sure we make that happen. Uh, you got it? Okay. So I think uh, William's stuff is on the website. Great, no. great. Oh, she's going to put it on the website. Okay. Um, thank you, sir. Yeah, thank you. And, and you were just mentioning before we took that last call there from Vernon, William, and I was just looking at this piece. We were talking about the money that a lot of people are making with this oil situation. And a lot of people have made the allegations, as you know, William, that, uh, you know, the Bush administration had a lot to do with uh, this. This whole Iraq thing had a lot to do with oil. And, of course, they have denied that, et cetera. Uh, Iraq has the second largest known crude uh, oil reserves. And, and some speculate that in some of those desert regions they have even more, which would make them the number one, I guess, uh, source of crude oil. New York Times today, U.S. advised Iraqi Ministry on Oil Deals. A group of American advisors led by a small State Department team played an integral part in drawing up contracts between the Iraqi government and five major Western oil companies to develop some of the largest fields in Iraq, American officials say. The disclosure coming on the eve of the contract's announcement is the first confirmation of direct involvement by the Bush administration in deals to open Iraq's oil to commercial development and is likely to stoke criticism. In their role as advisors to the Iraqi oil ministry, American government lawyers and private sector consultants provided a template, contracts, and uh, detailed suggestions on drafting the contracts, advisors, and a Senate state, a senior State Department official said. And of course, people are, everybody speaks on the condition of anonymity. But, but basically, that's what it is. And these are no-bid contracts now for Exxon, Mobil, Shell, BP, Total, and Chevron, the, the big five there. It's absolutely amazing. And a lot of those sentiments were even echoed by Alan Greenspan, who said that Bush almost had to go into Iraq in order to try to control oil prices even before. Alan Greenspan, the former chair of the Fed. Yes. Yes. Okay. So these, of course, are, are not new allegations. But whether or not there was this huge conspiracy, will well, I'm sure will come out at some point. But rather than focus so much on the conspiracy, I think mm -hmm. people have to look at how they can protect themselves. Yes. And I do think you have to obviously participate in the political process so that you can institute some changes in government and push for more renewable energy sources and alternative fuels. And I think you also have to, again, change your mindset and begin to think less like a consumer and more like a business owner and an investor. Rather than just ask for green initiatives, look for ways in which you can initiate them. And if you reach out and you begin to form some coalitions and some partnerships, this is going to be a tremendous opportunity for you to build wealth by promoting some of these green initiatives. Yeah. And, and I, would, I would suggest, William, that people start right where they are. Start with your shovel in the backyard and start digging up some gardens and maybe people can do co-ops in the gardens. Hey, you grow tomatoes, I grow carrots, whatever the deal is. If these are some of the things that you use or you know your neighbors use, you know, this is the time for folks to actually start building on communities again. I would agree with you there. Definitely. 1-888-432-1580. 1-888-432-1580. But some people just call me that kind of person. I'm always kind of doing that kind of stuff. So they look at me as earthy. That's how some people describe me. I think that's the way that we're going to be forced to go. Uh, well, I'll tell you, yeah, with, with these food prices spiking, mm -hmm. and, you know, some analysts are predicting over the next two to four years that gas prices could potentially double again. Yeah, yeah. Now, I, I, don't, 
I don't think the economy could sustain that, yeah. and they'd have to do something different. But just from a trend perspective, that's where a lot of analysts are saying we're headed. Okay. So you'd almost have to grow your own food in the, in the backyard for that. At least go to the neighbors, and the neighbor come to you. Something that you know, there are several co-ops in D.C. We have these farmers markets. Food prices are a little better, and the food tastes better, in my opinion. But that's just me. And we were talking just on Friday, William, when we were talking about the stock market nosediving, but still opportunity abounds and even in, in such a situation. We were talking about how in the U.K., I think in some parts of Europe, where the gas is like 15 I heard it was like $15 a gallon. And you're saying that uh, we're looking at maybe doubling it just a little bit. So people have to, again, it's always puzzling to me why folks just don't look at the alternatives. But as you mentioned, you know, there's always some incentive for folks to not necessarily go that way. William Patterson, once again, give folks your contact information. Sure. It's 888-90-BARON. That's B-A-R-O-N. They can also visit us online at baronseries.com, B-A-R-O-N-S-E-R-I-E-S.com, baronseries.com. All right, there he is. And, of course, we're going to get that on the website, baronseries.com, and I just put it down to give to our uh, our web czar, our web designer, and she's going to put it up on the website so folks can go there and find out more information. And, and let me get that number, that 800 number one more time. Sure, it's 888-90-BARON, B-A-R-O-N. All right, simple as that. All right, William Patterson, thank you very much, man. We appreciate you. My pleasure. Always thought. Thank you. Thank you. This is William R. Patterson, wealth coach and national best-selling co-author of The Barron Sun. I hope you found the lessons and insights from this interview enlightening and profitable. I now invite you to complete the information request form in the workshops and coaching section of BarronSeries.com to learn how you can use Barron Wealth Coaching to rapidly achieve your business and financial goals. At BarronSeries.com, we've developed one of the most effective, integrated approaches to building wealth in the world. With expert guidance and over 200 accelerators, Barron Wealth Coaching can help you quadruple the speed at which you reach your business and financial goals over planning yourself and other methods and programs. For more information on Barron Wealth Coaching, visit barronseries.com forward slash coaching.htm or call 888-90-BARON. That's toll free, 888-90-BARON. <laughs>